Welcome to the Dramatic Sessions, a podcast brought to you by the Dramatic Team, where we catch up with the finest in the world of bars and cocktails and give you a peek into the world beyond the drink. Welcome to the Dramatic Sessions with me, Priyanka Bla. On our show today, we have a very special guest, someone who I truly have a lot of respect and admiration for. She is a consultant, instructor, writer, cook, and academy chair for the world's 50 best bars, Asia, and an all-round food and drink geek. I'm very pleased to welcome Vivian Pei. Vivian, thank you so much for joining me today. What with COVID turning our worlds upside down, I do appreciate you making some time to have a quick chat. But before we get into it, I'd really like to know how you are doing through all of this. Yes, thank you for having me, Priyanka. Um, I actually, uh, I'm doing okay. I'm doing pretty good. I'm, um, I, I feel very lucky because, you know, unlike many, I have a, a safe uh, place to be quarantined in. I have supp- ample supplies and um, I'm healthy. So, you know, uh, that already is, is, is a, a better than a lot of people, I feel. So uh, I guess really the main thing is just trying to get some sort of routine and, and, and stay somewhat healthy during this time. Yes, a lot to be thankful for. I think all over the world, people are struggling with even the basics. So I think those of us who have those have mm-hmm. plenty to be grateful for. It's good to hear that you're doing well. That's yep. first and foremost, the most important things mm-hmm. on our list right now. <laughs> Yes, indeed. So Vivian, you're calling in from Singapore. And I want to start with Singapore before we get into the larger sort of general picture of bars around the world. But what are the immediate things you've noticed in terms of how the industry there is coping, dealing, sort of rallying efforts towards just staying afloat or doing their best right now? Yeah, um, I, I think um, the market is uh, doing as best as it can, given the situation. I mean, we're not in total lockdown like some markets. Uh, we can still do as of about a week and a, they were uh, a week and a half ago was when um, the government said that you have to actually close all uh, di- close the, the venues to dine in. Mm-hmm. Uh, up until that point, they were able to dine in with all the safety distancing measures. But uh, as of a week and a half ago, it was it it had to switch to takeout or delivery uh, only. Mm-hmm. Now, um, a lot of the restaurants are not geared up for that, or that was not a big part of their business. So they've had to scramble a bit, I think, and and figure that out. You know, just logistics from delivery platforms, uh, containers, and you know all that kind of stuff, and staffing and etc. Yeah. But uh, they are still, um, I think a majority of people are taking this on, including Michelin star restaurants are doing this in a very interesting way. So that that's, that's quite cool to see uh, people being creative. Um, And and otherwise, and and same thing for uh, the the bars, the cocktails, um, some places, uh, actually, most places were not delivering cocktails up till this point. Um, And so they've had to very quickly source uh, bottles and labels and all this kind of thing but it's it's very good to see people mm-hmm. being quite nimble and and turning around uh, uh and now there's quite a quite a selection of places you can 
order from. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. good to hear. It's always good to see mm. that, you know, in the toughest of times, people sort of make do with the worst of a situation and make the best of it. And that's good to see. In general, exactly. I think the hospitality industry across the world is struggling. But what do you mm -hmm. what do you see as the possible challenges? In addition to the obvious, you know, rents and overheads and salaries, mm -hmm. what do you think are the unseen sort of challenges that we are not seeing from the outside that the industry mm -hmm. is facing? Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I think, um, of course, the ones you mentioned are are, are a very big part uh, mm -hmm. of the problem. But I think more important for me, and I've, I'm always always about people, uh, is that uh, how do you retain and your employees uh, or take care of them really? Um, and by take care, I mean, of course, uh, how do you give them some sort of wage or some sort of uh, livelihood during this time? Yeah. But not only that, uh, a lot of the people involved in this in industry are social creatures. And when you take that aspect away, and a lot of them are spending their days and nights by themselves, um, that can cause a, a, some distress. And I know that uh, mental health is something that I am concerned about yeah. for the industry. I mean, I think in the industry in general, it's something that, that needs to be talked about more, mm -hmm. talked about more. But now in particular, uh, it's just added pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Are there any sort of examples you think you have seen in the past or in the recent past where mental health is an issue that is being addressed, especially at a time like this? Um, I, I think it's like I say, I think the, the one thing I think that's good is that people are, are talking about it more. Mm -hmm. um, I think that because everyone is feeling it more, you know, we're all we're all have we all have to be at home. Yeah. We all have to stay inside for the most part, and um, we're not out with our friends, and we're not, you know. And if you're uh, in a job where you're with other people, then then you're not with them. Mm -hmm. um, and it's things are having to go online, so it's an adjust. It's a real adjustment. Um, people are working from home, uh, so you know there's space issues. Yeah. People, you know, I mentioned before my small people, you know, home-based learning. That's a whole other yeah. thing that is, you know, uh, uh, something that you have to manage and that we weren't prepared for, really. Yeah. Um, and all these things are, are coming up to the, to the forefront. Yeah. And so people are talking about this more. So I think that's good. And I think, um, but I do think that uh, one of the things that we're trying to say within Singapore bartending community is, let's once a week have a virtual happy hour just to check in. Mm -hmm. Is everybody okay? Um, there was a group that I've, that I've been involved in, which is about uh, looking after mental health for the industry. And, you know, that that's just, again, something that you, it, it's really all, the onus is on each person, but yeah. to just check in with your mates and make sure that they're doing okay, that the, you know, they're not feeling too down. Mm -hmm. and, um, and if they are, then what can you do about it? You know, try and help them out. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a that's a great point because a lot of mental health challenges in the industry in general, and especially at a time like this, people taking to either drinking excessively, uh, being alone, yep. sort of, they're yep. not having the confidence to even talk about it or feeling it's something that's to right. sort of be ashamed of. These are all things that we've stigmatized in the past, obviously, as a society. So they do come to the it forefront is. at a time like this. But it's mm. it's it's nice to see that it's actually something that you have proactively thought about and addressed, at least in Singapore, and I'm pretty sure other parts of the world are doing similar um, mm. things for the community which would be nice to yeah. hear about when yeah. you do when you say um you know not laying off employees in bars and trying to keep mm -hmm. them on the payroll mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it is 
in my opinion, easier said than done for a lot of smaller organizations or smaller sort of who don't have a lot of capital to fall back on anyway. So mm. the question would arise then, how do they plan for something like this? How do they sort of cushion the blow and how do they keep their employees in a sort of comfortable spot? I mean, I know we've most of us have taken pay cuts in our mm. general workspaces as well. So mm. when you're already functioning on a base salary, which is what most uh, hospitality staff are doing, then how much yeah. how much further down do you go from that? Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I just look at some of the examples that I've seen. You know, I know that a lot of my friends in the States who own bars have have actively laid off their staff so that they can claim unemployment, for example. Yeah. Um, and, and that's a very different model than, than what we're working with in Singapore because um, in Singapore, the government has, I have to say, has been pr- fairly supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, they have put in measures uh, where, and, and this does apply to Singaporeans and permanent residents only. That's something I'll get onto in a minute. But um for Singaporeans and permanent residents who are employed, they are providing, I think for this month, it's uh, up to 75% uh, of the salary. Yeah. And then going forward, I mean, the percentage will go down, but there is still support from that perspective. Yeah. Um, and then for people who are uh, business owners, they are also um, trying to basically work with the landlord so that they're, they're giving them a... It's not a it's not a rental freeze, but they're giving them six months of um, leniency in the sense that if if they're not able to make their rent immediately or or there's some shortfall, the the landlord is not able to cannot kick you out of your business, you know, of your venue for six months after this. So so you know they're they're trying to provide support in different ways. Um, like I said, though, the the only issue is as you know in F and B in all pretty much all parts of the world, uh, it is made up of all sorts of people, locals, but also often a large majority of people who are not from the market. So S- Singapore is the same. You've got a lot of foreign talent here. And and the trick now is what do we do to support them? Because they're not getting this kind of benefit. Hmm. So one of the things that I've been actively working on these last two weeks is uh, trying. we're trying to create an organization an association which will be able to get funding. And when I say get funding, we're looking at government funding. We're looking at uh, support from brands. Uh, you know, so it, it is a, it is a non, non-profit. Uh, and this organization will have the immediate remit of trying to, uh, you know, acquire these funds. And then once the funds are in hand, is to redistribute them to individuals uh, and and businesses, um, the 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 split of how we redistribute the the you know allocate these funds is still under discussion at the moment. Okay, but it will be um, available to foreign you know foreign talent. Yeah, uh, which is is not the case for some of the other uh, subsidies you get here, and also one area we're looking at is uh, trying to help new cocktail bars, so bars who've been around less than a year mm-hmm. because we feel that they're the ones who are most at risk. Yeah. And so just trying to support them through, even if it's just, even if we can only, you know, help out five of them and just help them out with a month or two of rent, that's going to be able to hopefully extend yeah. their life cycle just that little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Now, I guess in places where the government is already so proactive and offering support mm-hmm. and leniencies to uh, people in businesses, that mm-hmm. is 
a remarkable first step, right? I also mm-hmm. know, though, of countries like India, for example, where mm. there is no such government support, there is no such leniency, there is no such economic plan. And right. obviously, the hospitality industry everywhere has been hit badly. In, in India, there yeah. is absolutely zero support for them. My That's question, terrible. the yeah. one I keep thinking about the most, is the mm-hmm. fact that this is not our first pandemic and it's not going yeah. to be our last. I mean, we yeah. did have something similar about in, in this decade, right? So mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. question is, how do we learn from each and every pandemic and plan for it? And this is something I think the hospitality industry and small businesses in particular have to think about. I don't mm-hmm. have the answers, obviously, but, yeah. but the, the truth is it's not the first and it won't be the last. And yet somehow we always find ourselves so underprepared for it as an industry. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think this, though, in particular, I don't think anybody was ready for this. And um, I think, uh, in fact, it was probably quite underestimated at the beginning. Mm. And I think that that was one of the problems. Yeah. Um, I think one of the reasons why China in particular, for example, they've been able to, I mean, they're not fully back to, to normal, but I friends are starting to reopen their 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 businesses now mm-hmm. um after not not that long i mean it's it's given given the the extent of of um how they were impacted you know that's it's about three months now i think it's about three months down the line mm. and they're able to do this because they 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 did crack down quite hard yeah. once once uh and and they were able to control the situation um yeah. I think in a lot of other markets there's still, you know, I I I'm from the states and my family's there and I'm very concerned because I still think a lot of people there just don't quite get it. Taking it easy then. They still yeah, they're still out and you know, not wearing masks mm. and all this stuff. Um as far as being prepared for this though, I honestly I don't know how you prepare for something like this, but I do think this is not over for any time this is not going to be over anytime soon. Mm-hmm. And I think that all the things that are being put in place now uh, it's, it's, you know, it's the businesses will fundamentally be changed because I mean, things that I never thought I would see, mm-hmm. I'm seeing, I'm seeing Odette, which is a three Michelin star restaurant mm-hmm. is doing delivery and takeaway. I never thought I would ever see that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, um, and I think that, but I think if you look at it now, um, I think this is fundamentally going to change. I think a lot of the way business businesses are run. Yeah. You know, cocktail deliveries, that again was not something that happened yeah. at all in this market. And now, you know, I think pretty much all the bars are doing it or, or, or gearing up to do it yeah. uh, very quickly. You know, so. Mm. I think places have found or businesses have found that a lot of things they thought they couldn't do or wouldn't do are now becoming mm-hmm. realities very quickly. So I think yeah. this would also help them sort of reassess their business model in some way. There was mm-hmm. a conversation I was having recently about how just to sort of limit how dependent you are on external factors, you know, sort of mm. growing your own produce or relying a bit mm. more on local produce as opposed, as opposed to sort of imported ingredients. Things like that are probably decisions that they will need to take from now on on also in mm-hmm. terms of seating right after yeah. this i don't think anybody is going to be packed into a tight squeeze and you know yeah jostling yeah. past 15 people to get to the bar i don't think those are the kind of experiences that anyone will crave after this so a lot of reassessing i think i mean i think some some people will will are missing that because you know there there's that that's part of the charm of certain places mm. but i think that um I think you're right. I think there there's going to be more consciousness about, around that. 
However, that's going to be an issue in places like Singapore and, and our neighbors in Hong Kong where rent is at a premium. Yeah. Um, and, and if you're saying that with they, they, someone can only operate at half the capacity that they used to, then it's going to, you know, it's going to obviously impact the bottom line and it's going to make for a very different business model. It is 100%. <clears throat> yeah, I guess only time will tell six months from now how many mm. of these businesses function the way they used to, which is unlikely, and how many will completely remodel and how many will shut down, unfortunately. Yeah, and I mean, you mentioned before about small and big businesses. I mean, yeah. right now, if I look in the States, uh, a lot of the bigger groups have, have closed their businesses in completely, mm -hmm. and they've said it's, you know, and I understand they say it's for the, you know, they didn't want to put their employees at risk, yeah. um, and, and absolutely, and it's great that they're able to do that, mm -hmm. but I can tell you a lot of the smaller businesses are unable to do that. Yeah. Um, they, cannot, they cannot spare any kind of, um, you know, downtime, as yeah. it were. Uh, and you have, um, for example, one of my favorite uh, places, uh, Attica in Melbourne. Mm -hmm. The uh, uh, the chef Ben Chui is really lovely, but he's um, you know, he again has gone from very fine dining, and um, now he's selling his his. I think it's his grandma's lasagna because, oh. as he's rightly as he's right, people need comfort right now. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, so he's again. You know, these are all things that were not ever planned, and yet here we are. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. People are looking for comfort. I don't think I've made so many stews and roasts in my lifetime. Right, it's just <laughs> just what you're craving right now: <laughs> a good noodle soup. Speaking of, for those who don't know, Vivian is a fantastic cook. In addition to being extremely talented all rounder in the food and beverage world, is also oh, known kind. to be a great host and a fabulous cook. And um, I'm going to invite very myself kind. over to dinner one day. <laughs> yes, please, anytime. Yeah, I'm quite shameless about this. So. Very quickly, though, I mean, I do uh -huh. want to touch upon um, Singapore and Asia in general, how the bar community sure. is extremely, displays a very strong sense of community. Like from what I've uh -huh. noticed, there's always the bartenders, sort of, there's a lot of camaraderie, there's a lot of pulling together at times like this. Yeah. Are there any yeah. specific examples that you can think of during this time where the, the community mm -hmm. has really sort of pulled together to sure. sort of make the best of this? Um, I, I think in general, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll speak specifically to Singapore first, and then I, and then mm -hmm. I can just speak a bit more generally about the rest of the, the region. Yeah. Uh, Singapore in particular, uh, the bar fraternity, the bar community is really quite new. So I would say it's about nine, it, I mean, it's about, it's less than 10 years old, really. Yeah. Um, there were bars before that, but not, not to the caliber and, and to the, you know, to, to what we're seeing now. Yeah. Um, and, um, because it's such a young community, um, and I think it's such, and it's quite small. I think that uh, it, it's a very tight one. We had there's a Singapore bartenders group on WhatsApp, mm -hmm. and uh, the nickname for it is Faster Than Google. So if you want to know anything, <laughs> if you want to know anything, or if you need a, if you're out of uh, out of a bottle of this and you need it to, you know, someone to spot you a couple bottles, you you throw it up on the group, and pretty much within seconds you'll get an answer. <laughs> Um, and and that that has proved very useful uh, in times like this, um, where people are you know, people are are struggling to figure things out. So you know, everyone is trying to figure out how to bottle cocktails. Yeah. Some people have had a little experience, so they're sharing it, sharing on on in the group. You know where to get where they get their labels printed, yeah. um, what licensing you need in order to be able to sell this stuff, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. So so that's been really. Uh, a big boost, I think, for, for the industry here. Yeah. Um, some other initiatives I've seen here are really sort of just trying to take, you know, industry taking care of its own, 
you've had a few um, outlets who have offered staff meals for people who are struggling right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, Barbary Coast in particular, yeah. uh, which is one of the newer bars that opened, but they were started something where they wanted to offer a a staff meal for seven dollars um and you would just you know and then just through the group they managed to get quite a number of donations and so they were able then to say right actually it's not seven dollars because we've got some donations in so we're going to offer free plates 20 free plates a night Mm -hmm. and they've got enough donations now to cover a month's worth of meals Um, and so, and so it's a kind of thing where it's like, you know, everyone, everyone has been there. Everyone has, has struggled at some point in their life. So this is not the time to be shy. If you need a meal, just go and order it. And they're going to be very discreet about it. No one, you know, there's no bill. Mm -hmm. Um, if you happen to go and order it and you can pay and you want to pay, you're welcome to do so. And then that'll be paid forward, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, but this kind of taking care of its own sort of mentality, I think is very, uh, very prevalent here. Yeah. I mean, in Hong Kong is the same thing. Shady Acres is another one of my favorites. Um, I believe they're doing something similar. Um, you know, so, and, 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 uh, you know, they're there. If you look at drink magazine, my friend Holly, who mm. is the, uh, managing editor for that, she's, uh, wrote up an article about how the different initiatives around the region, uh, that, that, you know, people are doing to help the industry out. There, there's, there's quite a number. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the biggest learnings and one of the best learnings from this entire pandemic has been just watching the collaborative spirit make a difference and how mm. pulling together as a community as opposed to sort of a solo fight is well, actually it's, it's causing... Very, it's very heartwarming. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. I mean, it does give me some faith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, you know, across the world, you've seen bartenders sort of helping each other out, you know, mm-hmm. hotel owners, bar owners sort of yep. helping each other out with the supplies yep. or just, you know, yep. contributing towards their community efforts. It's just one of the yep. best things to have emerged out of this whole thing. Indeed. Um, I don't want to mull too much over COVID because there is a mm. life outside of COVID that you live that, that a lot of people... It doesn't feel like it, but there is. Well, yes. maybe not yeah. right yeah. now, but this will be <laughs> over and you'll need to get back to that life. But Absolutely. A, lot of, yeah. um, a couple of our followers had a few questions for you in particular, okay. so I'm just going to shoot through those very quickly. Um, sure. Keisha from uh, Vault Fan Spirits in India wants to know, what mm-hmm. are the top three common human traits you see in the people behind the world's best bars and what differentiates them from the rest? Ah, uh, good one. Um, honestly, I have to say, and, and this goes for all my favorites, uh, one, one is that uh, the people who are behind those, uh, I would say, are, are really people of service. Mm-hmm. Uh, they really, nothing makes them happier that like, for, and, and, and I would put myself in that, in that category. Nothing makes me happier than making someone else happy. Yeah. And, and how, and you know, however we can do that, we will, as long as it's, you know, hopefully within legal means, um, <laughs> we will, we, we will, we will do it, you know, to, to our best ability. So if I look at, you know, some of the top places you can, and they're all different styles. It doesn't, you know, there's not one particular style at a bar that I would say, um, nails this i think there's they're, they're all different ones you have like the connaught in london you have you know tommy's in san francisco which is a family-run mexican restaurant actually you have yeah. um in in singapore you've got the very new no sleep club mm-hmm. which is you know run by two young women here um and, and it's 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 really 
I think it's how they make you feel. I think more than anything, it's how you feel when you go to these places. And yes, the awards are nice, of course. Yeah. Um, but what you really, I think, all these people, what they're really interested in is getting people back in time after time and making them happy. Yeah. So I think that that's one thing is the whole attitude towards service, you know. Yeah. Um, and they really do have a, there's a Japanese phrase called omotenashi. It's a sense of hospitality. Mm -hmm. And all these people have an extreme sense of omotenashi, right? Yeah. Um, so that that's one. I think all these people also, I it, it, the ones that I know and are, that I consider, you know, that I that I'm very proud to call friends, they're very humble. They're very down to earth. No matter what ranking they are, no matter how many years they've been in the business, they're all humble people who wouldn't hesitate to pitch in yeah. uh, wherever needed and, and to do, you know. And then and then I would say the, the another characteristic is really they're all people who have done the work. You have to do the work. Yeah. To get to where you're going, they're really there are this no is not a place. There yeah. really are. This is not a place where you can uh, go study and and you know. I, I have an MBA from London Business School, so it's always a joke amongst MBAs. <laughs> if you go do an MBA, MBA, you'll when you go back to your bank or your management consultancy, you'll jump a few levels. Right? <laughs> yeah, that's not possible. That it's very unlikely. Uh, there might be the 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 one superstar who might you know. Yeah. Just, you know, do things a little bit faster, but there's no jumping levels. Yeah. Um, you just, you really have to do the work. Uh, you got to put in your time. You have to, and, and, and I think that all these people also are constantly learning. There's, you know, I'm 50 years old and I will tell you there's so much that I don't know and I'm, things, I'm constantly trying to learn new stuff. Um, mm. There is an endless amount of things in this world to learn yeah. uh, that, that, Anyone who says, I know how to do it all is really kidding themselves. Um, yeah. So I think those are all all sort of attitudes or characteristics of people who I think are in the top in my book anyway. Yeah, I think the mm -hmm. highest echelon of success in, in the service industry anyway actually mm -hmm. is humility because without humility, mm -hmm. you're really literally not going to get past the gate. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's that's very helpful. I'm sure Keshav will be happy to know that. It was actually one of the questions that a lot of people had. So I'm just clubbing okay. them all into one. Excellent. Okay. Yeah. Cool. The other question that I got was how do some bars on the list have a dramatic shift in ranking year on year? Um, I don't think that many have uh dramatic rankings. I think what often will happen when you see a dramatic ranking, uh a jump will often be uh, a bar that was new the previous year. Mm -hmm. So maybe they started uh further down. Mm-hmm. A forty nine fifty, let's say, and then um through much hard work and promotion and whatever else, um that went their way, uh they they then they managed to procure a higher place and, and that's where you will from what I from what I see, uh, that's where you get your your big jumps. Yeah, it tends to be it tends to be those. I mean, occasionally you get a a new entry that's quite high, but you know, yeah, those who usually come from the likes of an Eric Lawrence or you know, um, a, a Monica Berg and Alex Cratena type True. of new bar. Um, yeah, but mo most people I think will uh, will still have to spend a little bit of time. Yeah, before they 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 move on up. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, that's good to know. I'm sure a lot of people have that question as well. Mm -hmm. um, before we go, Vivian, mm -hmm. I want to ask you, what is the one thing you're looking forward to the most when this is, well, quote unquote, over? 
Uh, I'm looking to hug. Looking forward to hugs. <laughs> I know. A, I do I'm miss it. <laughs> I'm a hugger. I'm a hugger. Uh, all everyone, everyone here calls me Mama. Uh, they know uh, <laughs> that, that when they see me, they're going to get a hug from me. So, um, yeah, no. I mean, I really, I am, I am also a social creature, and uh, I really do like seeing people, and uh, I like feeding people. Yeah. I like uh, so so all those things. I'm I'm still feeding my family, but. Um, I can't feed a large community. I'm I'm uh, not able to do hands-on classes at the moment. Yeah. My cooking classes, you know that sort of thing. You know, and and honestly, as much as uh, I admire all the businesses doing their best to deliver a product to us at this time, nothing is going to replace the experience you get when you go to the venue. You have you know the lighting, the music the service all this 100%. that's what I miss yeah, yeah I miss that so I look forward to going back to to my you know to my stomping old old stomping grounds yeah uh, when I'm when we're able to safely yeah and I know we yeah. will and we will see that day soon enough but yeah. thank you so much for the ray of hope and positivity and thanks for chatting with me today and, no problem um, I just wanted to say just one more thing yeah. I think a lot of people uh are are it's easy to be down about this sometimes and and it's easy when when you when you have what we have of course uh i, I hear a lot of people always saying i'm stuck at home i'm st-, and i say it too i'm stuck at home yeah but i really uh, i'm trying to change my own mindset and just to say we're not stuck at home we're safe at home that's absolutely so just, true just 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 to leave you guys with that one <laughs> yeah thanks so much for that that is absolutely true and i'm going to keep that with me for a long time um i look forward to seeing what you're up to next and all the cooking Absolutely. videos and uh thank you <laughs> stay strong and stay safe out there vivian thanks so Same much to you thank you for having me that was the lovely vivian pay throwing some light on how the world and asia in particular is dealing with covid19 i hope you enjoyed that and we'll come back for the next episode follow us on instagram to know more and don't forget to hit subscribe